Welcome back. This is day four together of our look through 2 Peter chapter 2. And I'd like to begin by reading verses 15 and 16. About these false teachers, Peter writes, They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, the son of Baor, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Now, there's a story from the Old Testament, the story of Balaam. And Peter brings it out here to talk to us about the danger of false teaching. Let me just remind you of this famous story from the Old Testament. There was a prophet by the name of Balaam, and he was hired by Barak, king of Moab, to curse the Israelites as they came through on their way to the promised land, heading towards Moab. He wanted to make sure they didn't come through and eat all of their things. He wanted to make sure they didn't come through and ruin the country. So he hired this prophet who lived in the land, not an Israelite prophet, but a prophet of God who he knew of, to go and curse the people of God. Now, God speaks to Balaam, so he obviously is somebody who is listening to God somehow, and he tells him, don't go. But then he allows Balaam to go, and you have to read between the lines a little bit in the Old Testament to see it's to bring a message to the king instead of bringing a curse upon God's people. Well, Balaam starts out, but God sees that he's intending to curse God's people. He's intending to get the money from the king that he's going to pay him if he brings this curse about upon the people of God. So God puts an angel in front of Balaam to stop it, but he doesn't see it. His donkey sees it, and the donkey stops. And in one of the most humorous exchanges, except for the donkey, in all the Old Testament, Balaam gets off of his donkey and beats the donkey, gets on it until it starts off again. Well, the donkey goes some more steps, and it sees the angel of the Lord in front again. Balaam, the prophet of God, does not see the angel. The donkey stops again. Balaam gets off the donkey, beats the poor donkey again until the donkey gets started again. And finally, then the donkey sees the angel of the Lord a third time. And there's no way to get around this angel. Donkey stops again. Balaam gets off, beats the donkey a third time. And the donkey looks at Balaam and says, and says, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? And then Balaam has this little conversation with the donkey, which amazes me. I don't know if this had happened before. It seems to me it could have never happened before. But for all of you who like to think that maybe animals could speak, we know at least one time God allowed an animal to speak. And in this conversation, Balaam sees the angel. And in seeing the angel, decides to obey. So he goes to Barak and he tells him that he cannot curse the Israelites. And in fact, he gives some oracles, some prophecies from God as he's speaking to the king. But then later... We find out, we actually find this out later in the Old Testament, what Balaam decided to do, that he advises the king to send women into the Israelite camp to tempt them to worship false gods. So although he maybe technically didn't bring a curse upon God's people, he tells Barak how to bring a curse upon God's people. The women go into the camp, they tempt the Israelites, they do fall into sin, worship of false idols, and 24,000 die because of that sin. And finally, Balaam finds a way to get paid. Balaam was going to find a way to get that money. And whether he had to beat the donkey to get where he wanted to be or to beat God to say what he wanted to say, he found a way to get the money. And as Peter says here, he loved the wages of wickedness. Here's the truth about life. You will either love the wages of wickedness or you will love the fruit of righteousness that the New Testament talks about. 
the fruit of living out the kind of life that God has for us. You're going to love one or the other. Now, before you get to feeling too comfortable, we all, we all love the wages of wickedness at times. The thrill of doing what you know is wrong. If you've ever had that, if you've ever chased after that in your life, if you can admit that to yourself, that's the wages of wickedness. The extra money that comes from just slightly shaving your integrity and maybe even the adrenaline that comes with that extra money, that is the wages of wickedness. Or the escape of telling a lie. Didn't have to deal with that one. Got away with that one. Who hasn't gone down that path? That is one of the wages of wickedness. If you look at the story of Balaam, God warned Balaam again and again and again. There's that angel of the Lord in front of him. There's that donkey speaking to him. But Balaam kept running through the red lights. He kept finding a way around. Listen, God's will in your life, it will become an obstacle to avoid if you don't take the path of righteousness. And that's what happened to Balaam. God's will became an obstacle to avoid. He had to find a way to get around God's will. And he thought he figured it out. He didn't. We read later in the Old Testament that when the evil kings were defeated, Balaam lost his life along with them. He got caught up in wickedness. He got the wages of wickedness. And for him, he thought it was the money that he got in the moment. But the truth of the matter is, well, the New Testament tells us the wages of sin is death. That's the true wages of wickedness. That's what you get in the end. And so when you look at this story of Balaam, the question for my life, for your life is, where are you trying to find a way around God's will instead of finding your way into doing God's will? Is there some sin in your life? You know it shouldn't be there, but you're trying to find a way to keep it there. You're trying to reason your mind into keeping it there. You're trying to look for other people who may be committing the same sin and say, well, if they're doing it, it must be okay for me. You're living with the thrill of doing what you know is wrong. You're living with the thrill of getting as close as you can to that sin, to that gossip, to that lust, to that greed, to that evil speaking about other people, to whatever it is, that sin, you get as close as you can to it, seemingly, because of the thrill of it. Where is that happening in your life? Or where are you allowing the desire for things to overwhelm your love for people and chasing after some thing, some material thing, some job, some money, some position, some house, some boat, some whatever, it is the number one thing in your life right now. You've got to have that thing. It's what's going to make you happy, and it can't. No thing can make you happy. Only God can bring you joy. Things don't last, so obviously they can't make you happy. Well, maybe for a moment, but that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for, for joy in your life. Well, where are you living with the escape of telling a lie, and it's eating you up inside, even though you're telling that lie? And it feels like you're getting the wages of wickedness. You're getting away with it. But the truth of the matter is you're being destroyed by it from the inside out. Where are you trying to escape to avoid doing God's will instead of finding your way into doing God's will? If you're struggling with that, so am I at times. So is every believer you know at times. We all struggle with this. And we need to pray together right now that God will strengthen us to follow his way. Because you know that's where the truth is. You know that's where the life is. You know that's where the joy is. That's where the hope is. That's where the best life possible is. The eternal life that he has for you is to be lived out starting now. Now, don't wait till you get to heaven to live the best life. Start living that life right now. Jesus, 
We come to you, and we ask that you help us to see the truth about ourselves. It's hard to admit sometimes that we struggle, that we get caught up in these wages of wickedness, and that Balaam is not just an example of something somebody else does, but it's an example of something we can get caught up in. So Lord, help us to see where we're trying to avoid doing your will, where we're trying to get something we shouldn't have, or have something that seems so important to us, but it's taken your place somehow. It's become an idol in our lives. Help us to see that right now with clarity. And instead of stubbornly hanging on to what we want, we we come to you and we ask right now that you give us a freedom of grace, a freedom to release this to you, to trust in you, and to begin to tell the truth instead of telling a lie. To begin to seek you instead of seeking something. To begin, Lord, to live for you instead of living for some pleasure, some thrill. That's where we want our lives to live because that's, that's the life you have for us. That's the life we can trust you for. And so we trust you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen.